G'day there and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Club. This is the home for making our sports and community clubs more skilled, more knowledgeable and more agile. We want to make sure your club is a place where people thrive. I'm Ben Hook, sports columnist at The Advertiser and Sunday Mail. My co-host is Flinders University's award-winning researcher and senior lecturer in sport health and physical activity, Sam Elliott. Sam, how are you going? I'm well, thank you, Ben. How are you? I'm very well, Sam. Now, my concern for you is that your boss might be uh, part of our episode today. Is that right? That's correct. I'm a bit nervous. Murray uh, was my PhD supervisor and he supervised me now as an academic, so uh, this will be interesting. I've never seen you sitting up so straight. You're dressed nicely. Your hair's done. You've finally shaved off that ridiculous moustache that you were growing throughout November. So there is something to be said for trying to look good for the boss. You're, are you hanging for a pay rise or something like that? Every every opportunity is a potential uh, a step up at some point in one's career, Ben. We're going to be talking about mental health in sport. We are going to be doing that with your boss. He is the director of the Shape Research Centre at Flinders University. He is Professor Murray Drummond. Murray, welcome to Beyond the Club. Thanks for having me. Great to have you uh, as part of the show, Murray. Now, before we get into the nuts and bolts of every episode, we want to talk about Beyond the Club. We have a special little thing called Club of the Day. And I share with our listeners who I think deserves the the uh, the award title, whatever you want it to be. We don't have any awards, do we? We might when we when we develop our merchandise pack. The shop's empty at the moment for merchandise, but whenever we do, we are going to be recognising formally our club of the day today. Club of the day is the Walkerville Softball Club. Well, they're a bit of a asterisk alongside their name, Walkerville, because. People don't retire. They just keep playing. How about this? In the last two years, Karen Dale played her 800th game, and she's still going. She'll be up for 900, I think, in another – I think she plays every game over the course of this summer. She will reach 900 games. Deb Hurst, three weeks ago, played her 800th game. She is an amazing story. She's suffering from cancer. So she jumps on and has chemotherapy on Thursdays, just in time to make sure she's ready to play – softball on Saturday, and then uh, only on the weekend, Marianne Crawford played her 600th game. So what do we need a podcast about retirement? You just keep playing forever and ever and ever. That's what happens at Walkerville Softball Club. That is remarkable. We need to organise a prize because that is something that uh, you don't see every day. No, they're a great lot, the, the Walkerville Softball Club, so a lot of love to them. Congratulations to Marianne Crawford who played her play, played her 600th game uh, just at the start of December. Right, let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. We're talking to Murray Drummond. We're talking about mental health in sport. Murray, the most obvious question I can start with is mental health in sport more pre- prevalent than anywhere else in society? Because, gee, it seems like it gets reported a heck of a lot. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just the fact that got you know a number of high-profile athletes that identify uh, issues around mental health. Um, and clearly, it's like you know anything else in society. So, no, it's not. But importantly, and the other thing too, is that obviously a lot of the, um, the sports that are the most dominant in terms of you know being on the back page and so forth tend to be men's. And so when a man comes out and identifies that they've got a mental health issue, that's usually a big issue. And we'll certainly be talking about that a little bit later. So therefore, is this a bigger issue at elite sport and therefore not such a problem for community clubs? No, no, not at all. What we're, what we're trying to say here is that, is that mental health issues run across the board. They run across the board in, um, in the community, in community clubs, at the elite level and so forth. It just happens to be picked up more in the media through the elite level clubs. 
Murray, you've recently won a research grant through Breakthrough to do some research on uh, mental health and sport and in some other projects around young males and masculinity yeah. in sport. I'm butting in. Is that sucking up? That is sucking up, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> I'm a CI on these projects as well, but um, we work well together. Uh, but it's true, Murray, you've, you've had some success winning these grants to run these projects. Tell us a little about what you're trying to achieve through these projects in, I guess, the conversation around young men mental health and community sport. Yeah. So we've got a, a couple of projects going. Um, one is uh, funded through Breakthrough, the Breakthrough Mental Health Foundation um, and the Flinders Foundation as well. And then we've just recently won another uh, project uh, funding for another project with the Freemasons um, Foundation Centre for, for Men's Health Research. In the first project, the Breakthrough Project, we've, we're, it's a, basically a pilot study. And we're looking at, um, at young males involved in what we call masculinised sporting settings, such as your traditional Australian football clubs and cricket club and so forth. And we've got a couple of our, our, our Flinders partners involved in there. And we're seeking out young males and parents and key stakeholders, coaches and so forth, to identify the issues that these young males are facing within those football club and cricket club, for example. The idea is then to, is to collect that data, understand it, and then move on to more bigger projects uh, to identify how we can potentially create education packages and resources that allow clubs, not just at the elite level, but also at the pre-elite and at the community level, to provide these resources and education for young males, because we know that mental health amongst young males is a, is a very serious issue in the community. Yeah, definitely. Murray, I guess the first thing I want to think about is trying to bring this conversation to the community level clubs at the grassroots they've got enough on their hands they're navigating a pandemic they're trying to keep their volunteers they're trying to keep their participatory numbers nice and high and yet we've got this i guess this this new priority around the conversations of mental health in sport education awareness and training how do we make this conversation the number one conversation in sporting clubs in fact i don't think it needs to be the number one conversation I think it needs to be a conversation around a whole range of different issues and mental health happens to be a part of that. I think it can go across the board with both males and females. It just happens that my particular area of interest is, is young men and masculinity and sport. That's what I've done my entire uh, re academic research career. I mean, as we know, in the, in the 15 to 24-year age group, that's the, the highest rate of um, death rates are through self-harm and 75% of those happen to be male. So that's quite significant. But that can be packaged all up through a whole range of different different issues that, that are raised within those clubs. So, yeah. Where, where does it start? So you come to the – Sam's the president of – what did we use last week? The Flinders University yeah. Footy Club. If Sam's the president, what's the first thing I need to start doing to affect the kind of change to – you know, to have these conversations, maybe not as the number one priority, but as something that is implicit, something that's just embedded in my club. Okay. So I can give you an example of that. So I'm involved with the, um, heavily involved with the Seacliff Surf Life Saving Club. So just before the pandemic hit, the first one, we, we ended up having, uh, there was, there'd been several uh, men across surf life saving clubs in South Australia who had suicided. Clubs were screaming out for information, education, what are we going to do with these, you know, with, with, with men who, who happen to, to suicide? And what can clubs do for them, for, for men who are seeking help and, and are potentially in trouble? So what we did was we had an information night at Seacliff. And it wasn't just for the Seacliff um, fraternity. It was for the whole uh, surf life saving fraternity. So we had people from, you know, our, our greatest rivals, Brighton down the road, Glenelg and so forth. And they all came along as well. 
Um, we had a, a couple of, you know, a Crows footballer come along, an ex-Crow footballer come along and, and, and to really talk it up as a, as a men's health night around, um, around masculinity and health and mental health. Um, so we were able to get the, we were able to identify the issues, we were able to get the club involved, we were able to get the, the club members involved. And then as a result of that, we had a, f- a few people who were really putting up their hand as champions of change. So they wanted to go through the whole process of the mental health first aid. They were the ones that wanted to be the listening post, for example, at the club to talk to men along the way if they've got any issues. So that's the first thing you've got to do is you, you have to rally the troops and you have to provide evidence and research that backs that up. And then once you've done that, as a good president should, you get the rest of them you know, the rest of the club involved as well. This is a fascinating concept in my mind. I've played a lot of sport at the local level and I've seen some clubs do it really well and other clubs um, yep. still learning the ropes of, 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 let's say, cultural change in their organisation. Can you just help our listeners understand why sport? What is it about sport as distinct from school and workplaces? When we're talking about young males and their mental well-being, health and well-being, What is it about sport that makes this conversation work? Okay. So my argument and our argument, as you know, Sam, is that the majority of people, kids, pass through a sporting club at some point in their life. It might be be for a day. It might be for two days. It might be for a week. It might be for 10 years. But at some point, they will pass through those clubs. And what will end, what ends up happening is that if you stay, the longer you stay at that club, the more embedded you become with that club. The lo- the, the potential that your parents will also be involved in that club, and they they also bring a whole range of different skill sets. If you you might have, you might have ambos there. You might have medicos. You might have psychologists. You might have, you know, your, your carpenters, plumbers, all those sorts of things. They bring a whole range of different skills to that club. And if you've got champions of change around uh, mental health and other issues as well, but certainly mental health, there's a good chance that those people, potentially parents and, um, you know, and, and close allies and so forth, will put up their hand to assist that club. We're talking to Professor Murray Drummond. He is the director of the SHAPE Research Centre here at Flinders University. We're talking about mental health and sport. We're going to a short break. Let's hear from the Good Sports at the Alcohol and Drug Foundation. Hey, this is Christian from the Good Sports Programme. At Good Sports, we know mental health is just as important as physical health, both on and off the field. With one in five Australians experiencing mental ill health every year, it's more important than ever to make sure your club feels safe, connected and supported. That's why at Good Sports, we provide a free online mental health learning module to educate players, coaches and parents within your sporting club. Access for free now at goodsports.com.au. Welcome back to Beyond the Club. We're talking to Professor Murray Drummond. He is the director of the Shape Research Centre. Ben Hook and Sam Elliott, the regulars here with you. Guys, you two were talking uh, back and forth. Fascinating discussion uh, about a whole host of range of issues in mental health in sporting clubs. A couple of things that clubs can do just to start to get it on the agenda. You referenced something called a champion of change. Just tell us what a champion of change actually is. Okay. It's pretty simple, really, in terms of a a colloquial way. Uh, It's it's someone who has the ability, the skills, and wants to put up their hand to help that club out. So, for example, as I said, if they've got, uh, if they're a psychologist and they've got uh, mental first, first aid training, they might be the person to put up their hand and say, yes, I'll run some sessions around uh, mental health first aid, or I'll be that, what we call the listening post, the person who will just sit there at, at training 
And if there's a kid that's down or uh, another adult member who's not feeling great, they can be the person that they, they walk up to and have a chat with and say, are you okay? How are you going? That sort of thing. So Murray, let's really bust this down into some practical uh, a- activity here. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got a sporting club. You referenced um, Seacliff Surf Lifesaving Club. Yep. Let's talk about the I don't the Adelaide City Centre uh, Lawn Bowls Club, uh, and the committee gets together and says, "Righto, we want to deal with mental health. Let's identify one, two, three, four people who can be champions of change. Let's find people who would be happy to be that." Get them into some sort of mental health first aid training, whether that's a one-day program or a couple of days, I'm not really sure. And then utilise that resource, that asset to be the group in your club, the subset of your club that drives a lot of that. Is that what you're suggesting? That's exactly it. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. Okay. I don't know why I even asked you that question. I could have <laughs> told that myself. Uh, I just want to jump onto one more point before we move on back to Sam. You talked before about sport being good for mental health. I mean, is it that simple? Play sport, your mental health is better? Or are there times where being involved in sport and maybe through no fault of anyone's own, just historical factors, that what you're doing in sport might be not good for your mental health? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. Uh there is this, um, what we call uh, a functionalist perspective around sport, that if you play sport, it will be good for you. And one of the first things I actually do with my first year students uh, when they come into my sports sociology topic is um, we go through and we identify all of the great things about sport. In fact, I just say, tell me about sport. Mm. And I can tell you, the, for the next two minutes, people will be putting, putting up their hand and they'll be saying, it, it provides camaraderie, it gives you fitness, it provides health, it's fun, it's social, all those sorts of things. And I say, yes, yes, yes. And I'm, it's, you know, I'm, like, a, I'm like, like an auctioneer. <laughs> and then there's quiet. And then I say, but what about that little fat boy who's, who's chosen, always chosen last in the schoolyard? You're pointing at me then, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> or what about that, that gay guy who's playing... Australian football yeah. at the community level or mm. whatever level, but hasn't come out yet. How much fun is it for that individual? Mm. And so then there's deathly quiet and we go through, yes, sport is great. Sport is fun. Sport is all of those things, but not for everyone. And as a result of that, that little fat boy might've become the next Chris Judd, mm. but he dropped out. Or mm. well, that gay guy may have dropped out at 13, 14 or 15 and, you know, he may have been the next opening batsman of Australia. Mm. So these are the things that we're actually, that we're trying to break down and trying to understand within these masculinized sporting settings, the research that we're doing. So it's not necessarily about mental health, but it is about mental health. But what we're doing is we're trying to understand the masculinized sporting cultures and, and what impact they can have on young males in terms of them staying in that sport or moving away from the sport. And if they do stay in the sport, which we want them to do, how do we make those clubs better to allow those young males to stay in that sport? So, and I'm just going to jump in here, Sam. Is it incumbent upon clubs to sort of identify those individuals within your sporting club who maybe are a bit more at risk? Yes and no. It's incumbent upon the club to create a culture that provides the opportunity for everyone to feel safe and comfortable. Yeah, so we talk okay. about the safe spaces. So it shouldn't be about identifying a person. Oh, do I think that person is gay? That's not what this is about. Mm. This is about creating a club that is is a mentoring club, that is a nurturing club, that if that guy is gay, who cares mm. kind of club. Mm. Yeah. And Adelaide United have done it extremely well. Mm. They have done it extremely well. Mm. 
no one's talking about you know Josh anymore. No. He's now an Adelaide United footballer and he just plays. Mm. Murray, you've spoken a lot about this concept of safe spaces, sporting clubs mm. as a safe space. So I'm picking up on that idea. My experience at, say, amateur level and, um, you know, in, in my time in, as a researcher working with hundreds of sporting clubs, lots of clubs have elements of safety, yes. but those same clubs also have elements of risk, alcohol, mm. substance you know, yeah. you know, use, let's say antisocial behaviours. And I just wonder, like, how that kind of works in this conversation. We want to create clubs that are safe and so it encapsulates a range of issues, including the mental health conversation, how does that co- reconcile with the reality that lots of clubs mm. try their best, but there's always an underbelly to these conversations yeah, as yeah. well? Look, I'm involved in a, in a surf club, which is you know traditionally and has been heavily a kind of masculinised space, which has changed certainly over the last 20 or 30 years. And sometimes the young people call me, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of the fun police kind of thing, because some of the things that are said in the showers and change rooms you know, can be a little over the top and can be, can be homophobic and those sorts of things. And so we just, what we tend to do is we, we, we tend to try and allow these young people to almost self-police, to identify, you know, hey, 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 you know, we've, we've, crossed a, we've crossed a line there. Why did you need to say that sort of thing? So I get what you're saying. I know clubs and I know young people want to let down their hair. I know they want to, to you know, some of them want to use alcohol and you know, potentially drugs and so forth, which we don't want in sporting clubs. But there has to be that element of self, self-policing and that has to come from the, the culture that's driven within the club and it has to come from the top down. And then once you, once you pass on those, you know, the batons of the, the champions of change, and it can be champions of change, as you said before, with respect to mental health and so forth, but it can be champions of change around culture as well. And so you have to drive that culture through the athletes and sports people themselves. Murray, I've just got something I've got to ask on that. Yep. I came from a footy club where if you did a heroic act or something really spectacular on the football field, you were rewarded yes. with the mug. Yep. And the mug was free alcohol for the night. Culturally, that was just – and that would have happened in a lot of clubs. Are these the sorts of things that clubs culturally need to sort of shift away from if they are, I guess, heading down the road of champions of change and trying to make places safer, more accessible uh, – Better for mental health? Oh, absolutely. I still think there's a place for showing the courageous, showing the, you know, the, 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 the act that an athlete will, is potentially, you know, able to do on the field that they've committed themselves to that, to that act. But again, I, I, and, and I said to my, my first year students when, when, I was, when I am teaching them, I remember back in the day, Jonathan Brown just kept getting knocked out mm. because he was doing these crazy heroic acts of bravery. But then he'd be on the sidelines for six to eight weeks with concussion and a various range of other broken bones. I said, wouldn't you rather have Jonathan Brown as good as he is? Wouldn't you rather him sort of take a look at the pack coming towards him and maybe sidestep rather than attempt to go for a mark? And and then get, be on the pack next then, week. Uh, yeah, I know what I would rather have. Mm. So, you know, but having said that, that drives a culture of commitment and it drives a culture a, a kind of like an unselfish ethos so kind of what he's done for that club is a little bit different having said that again you know there's potential for someone who keeps getting knocked out like that to have a range of concussion issues which lead to mental health issues which we've seen with spud frawley and, and those sorts of things more my issue was the reward of free beer i <laughs> thought that was probably the biggest concern sam yeah absolutely murray this is interesting because i think there's going to be a lot of listeners thinking oh we do some stuff in the mental health space um and there's others that would like to 
how early do we need to start before these young males become young adults? Where does this conversation need to start? Is it at the juniors or is it too early for the juniors? No, it's, it's never too early. You start it as soon as possible. And it just needs to be a conversation around um, equity and equality, for example. It can be a conversation around you know, girls and boys. It can be a conversation around how are you feeling. Um, we've got these national and international days of, for example, of mental health days of like, are you okay? They're really good entrees into how we can start to address these sorts of things early on. So that conversation starters, the, yeah. the are you okay day, yeah. I mean, is that really the, the starting point? If, if clubs are out there listening, thinking, where do we start? Sometimes just those awareness campaigns, those days that bring visibility to these these issues. Is that a good starting point? Yeah, absolutely. So the Are You OK Day at the SANFL level, we've got the, the Breakthrough Round, for example, and, and Breakthrough do, you know, I mean, I know they, they help fund some of the work we do, but they do a wonderful job here in South Australia. And it, that breakthrough round is, is a conversation starter. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to fix everything on that day, but it means it's going to start the, the, the clubs talking. And it's, going to st- and, and it's a kind of a unification as well, because we do know that clubs here in South Australia are united. There's a whole range of different football clubs here at the community level that are uniting around um, mental health issues for, for their players, not only men, but women as well. So, yeah. You're listening to Professor Murray Drummond. He is the director of the Shape Research Centre. He is talking about the big issues in mental health and sport. We're taking a break. We're going to hear from the Sammy D Foundation. You're listening to Beyond the Club. Hey, it's Shannon here from the Sammy D Foundation. Sporting clubs are a great place for people to connect, to enjoy themselves and to celebrate the game. But at times, things can get out of hand. That's where our PartyWise program comes in. Our PartyWise program gives you the knowledge and strategies around alcohol and other drug use. We educate and empower your club and its members to understand the harm and impact of alcohol and other drugs, the different type of drugs and their effects, and strategies to keep you and your mates safe. To learn more about the PartyWise program, call us on 8374 1678 or find us at sammydfoundation.org.au. You are listening to Beyond the Club with Sam Elliott and Ben Hook. We're joined by Professor Murray Drummond. He is the director of the Shape Research Centre. Murray is about to share his fast four takeaways from today's episode. Sam, there was something you wanted to touch on before we did. Absolutely, Murray. My final question for you is this. There's lots of clubs that really believe in driving change in their clubs around mental health and sport. Absolutely. I also sense that there are some other clubs that are sort of just doing this because they feel they have to or it's in vogue, they, they might be window dressing. What are your thoughts on that and how do we, how do we make sense of that going forward? Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly an interesting question. It's an interesting conversation to have. I do wonder if, if the clubs are doing it because it's in vogue. I, still, I honestly think that there's, there's a reason, there's an inherent reason for clubs wanting to do this. Yes, they may feel like there's a, a compulsion to because you know XYZ club is doing it down the road. But inherently, I think clubs are trying to do the right thing. They can, they, they can perceive that this is an issue within society. Mental health is being spoken about a lot more than ever before, which is a wonderful thing. But it also places a lot of pr- pressure on a club 
um, to feel like they need to. You know, it was a bit like it's a bit like parents um, with a kid. You know, you have to you have to do to do this. You have to do that because you're a, you're a you're a parent. You have to take over the education. You have to teach them all the skills that you know when, when there's other resources available to be able to do that for them and and it leaves us in a in a situation whereby you've got some of the big clubs who do have these significant resources to be able to do it but you may have a, a smaller club who who simply doesn't and therefore you know the opportunity for these smaller clubs to draw on the resources that are available is pretty important and whether it be the the bigger club down the road or you know two clubs across or whether it's a a breakthrough mental health foundation or something like that. The narrative around mental health has shifted quite significantly in terms of it being a, a significant, having a significant impact across all areas of society. I think you will find that most clubs will, will assist. In fact, I can almost say that I know they will. There you are. That sounds like one of the uh, four fast takeaways from Murray Drummond. Let's go through them very quickly, Murray. Uh, I just want to get your first point. You're leading a club. You don't have any sense of a, a mental health program. What's point number one? Okay. You need to find evidence and you need to, 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 to get some, some sort of research to have an understanding of what is going on. So I think that's everything needs to be evidence-based yep. and research-based. So, okay, I'm president of a club and I go, well, Evidence, intangible evidence. I don't even almost know what that means. So how do I source, how do I get hold of what you refer to as evidence that, yes, we need to do something about mental health? Do I point to, look at this, you know, the fat kid, he's really upset. We're talking about him before. He's upset he doesn't want to play football anymore. Is that my tangible evidence or is it something a little more succinct than that? Okay, you can access you could access academics from your local, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the local universities. You could access uh, some information from, as I said, from from the resources that are available, so mm. such as your breakthrough and so forth. You might even have people within your own club who yep. have developed their own resources. You know, they may be a teacher, they may be a community health worker or those sorts of things who, who are able to provide this sort of information and they have the statistics at hand. So that provides you with the evidence. Mm. Um, mm. So you, you first you have to find out what's going on in your club. So um, it's it's really just developing a statistical, just f- f- sourcing some statistical evidence that says if we don't do something about this, all evidence suggests we're going to have a problem. Potentially, yes. Right. Okay. That's point number one. Point number two. That we need to, certainly within that club, we need to, as, as I alluded to just then, we need to identify the champions of change. Yes. Those who are going to, 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 help you move forward with this club mm. in terms of in terms of mental health and mental health training and it may not it may not be um, the person that you that you typically identify yes it may be the nurses and maybe the the teachers and so forth who are likely to have some sort of training in this area but it also may be someone who has a significant passion in this area because their mum their brother their their sister you know, committed suicide, mm. and so they have really schooled themselves up to try and to try and assist in this area, and they have a passion to drive it forward. Point number one: find the evidence, find reasons why people should be dealing with this in your club. Point number two: develop champions of change. These people are probably someone who has some mental health first aid training and are engaged and wanting to be able to provide support to other people around their club. 
Point number three, and I think you referenced this before, talk about how we develop a safe space for our sporting club. I mean, it's a lovely term, mm. but what does it practically mean? It means changing the culture of your club. Mm. It's as simple as that. So uh, creating a safe space means that every child and every person that comes through that club needs to feel welcomed, okay? So they need to feel like they are a valued part of that club. So are we talking about the fat kid and the potentially homosexual young male? Yes. Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I can allude back to my own, my own surf club. Mm. I'm the, uh, the, the, um, the coaching coordinator. I, I, I sit and I, I look at life through a competitive lens. I want our athletes to win. But there's kids that come through this club who don't have that same desire. Yeah. So we have to create, we have to create a club and an environment that keeps them involved. Mm. Because Surf Lifesaving, as you know, is a, is a wonderful community you know, initiative. Mm. So we want them to patrol the beaches. We want them to be involved in, in a whole range of different things like uh, uh, you know, re, uh, rescue and resuscitation. And there are other avenues within a surf club to keep them involved other than elite level competition. And so, so, yeah, so that's what you have to do. Find your evidence, develop your champions of change, create your safe space around your club where everyone is welcome regardless of their background or their history or their race or their sexual orientation. And point number four, and I think we referenced this as well, you can't start too soon. No, no, you've, it has to start yesterday. And it, it, it doesn't matter how young the group that you're dealing with this message with. No, it just needs to be tailored for that group. So as I said before, if you're dealing with, with, with kids, you know, in five and six years of age, you, you tailor that information around, uh, you know, good morals, good ethics, equity, equality, understanding personal health, personal space, all of those sorts of things. And then as they get older, um, you can start bringing in other pieces of information that is relevant to their age and their, their level of, of intellect. Sam, do you disagree with any of that? Not at all. I think Murray <laughs> summed it up perfectly. And those fast four, I think, are really useful. So if you're a club coach or a president listening right now, you've now got the blueprint to get started. Can, uh, I, can I just jump in, though? Of course I you think, can. I think there's a fifth one. Oh, I think the, the five fast five. Yeah. It's like an extra side <laughs> of chips. I think it's the accessing resources. That's, yeah. that's absolutely critical. Yep. And there is a wealth of information out there. It's, it's how you go about doing it. But people should feel comfortable about about tapping other people on the shoulder and they should feel comfortable about going to other community organisations to access those resources because um, with a topic such as this, an area such as this, as I said, people are willing to help. Uh, we talked about the Breakthrough, Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. I know you do a bit of work yeah. with um, the crew there and they are amazing and they provide a lot of their services for free. It is quite incredible. That's one example. And we'll put some others in our show notes as well. Yes. Is there another organisation that you think, yeah, you know what, you're a small club, you don't have a great grasp of this. Where can you go on the internet to try and find some practical resources? Look, it, it, it's dependent upon the issues at hand as well. So to, to a whole range of different social work establishments and those sorts of things, you know, you know Second Story and 
you could you could even go to uh, Mission Australia. There's there's a whole range of different places that that you can go, and it's, it is dependent on the issue at hand. See, Mario, I was going to say also the Sammy D Foundation, our fantastic oh, yeah. partner on this podcast, especially when we're looking at one punch violence um, as as just one example in these clubs. So when you talk about respect and behaviour and all these sorts of things, um, certainly the Sammy D Foundation and even our friends at the Alcohol and Drug Foundation as well. I think there's some great resources, Hookie, and clubs are literally one click away from accessing those resources. Murray Drummond, been a fascinating discussion. Thanks for joining us on Beyond the Club. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So that's a wrap on this episode of Beyond the Club. You can access the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes or by heading to our webpage, flinders.edu.au forward slash shape. I'm Sam Elliott on Twitter. And I'm at BenHook1 on Twitter. The podcast is at Beyond the Club on Twitter, on Instagram at Beyond the Club, and also on LinkedIn at Beyond the Club Podcast. Thanks to our crew in the Flinders Good Five Factory, our producer, he's the young, good-looking fella here. It's Cameron Ottenhoff. Our music is by Ben Watson, and we appreciate the artwork of Alicia Menzel. We're going to see you next time at Beyond the Club. <laughs>